Welcome to another episode of the Amford Church Sermon Podcast. We're thrilled that you're taking the time to listen to what we have to say about God, the world, and you. These sermons are recorded live during our weekly Sunday morning services. To find out more about us or to plan a visit to join us, check out our website, amfordchurch.com. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy. It's the start of a new year, and lots of people will be changing things in their lives. And um, there's a church down the road from us, ABC Church, this morning. They are actually changing their name. Did you know that, Cambria? You might have seen it on the outside of their building. They're changing their name. ABC Church is no more. It's going to be Calon Church. So I wanted to ask if you knew what these... Old brand names change their names to, okay? Now, I've got prizes to make sure that it's uh, immensely fun for you. I'm probably going to need the adults to give a couple of different options, and then the kids can choose between the options. So there used to be a chocolate bar called a marathon. Not the run, the chocolate bar. Does anybody here, first children-wise, do you know what marathon changed its name to? You may not, you guys probably don't think it's that delicious. I happen to love them, Lucas. Marathon became. Protein bars. You can get protein bars. I tell you what, then, let's do this. I heard a couple of whispers of the right name, but let's, uh, pun intended, let's see, you guys, you've got an option, okay? Did Marathon change its name and become Whisper? You know Whisper, the chocolate bar? You can go over there. Did it change its name to become Mars? You can stay in the middle. Or did it change its name and become Snickers? You can go on that side, okay? So Whisper, Mars, Snickers. Who thinks they know? Oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Benjamin can't decide. I'll put you out of your misery. I hope. It's Snickers. Snickers. No one ever knew why. Right, everybody, you... Lucas, Benjamin, Cambria, Caleb, Miriam, over this way. Everyone else, come grab a chocolate. One chocolate, please. I got it from the internet. Right. Next question. Who knows what opal fruits became? Opal fruits. It used to be called opal fruits. What did it become? Does anybody know? Little ones? No. Okay, no little ones off the top of the head. Any grown-ups? No. Some grown-ups think they know. Starburst. It became known as Starburst. Hang on, we've got another one coming up now. This is hard, okay? I'm going to show you an old name for something, and you've got to try and figure out what that became, okay? So this is a slightly weird one. I might be going the wrong way. I don't know, Aled. I'm not, I'm clicking. Okay, we've had that one. Here we go. So this is something that changed its name to Consignia, and everybody hated it, so it went back. Can anybody guess what changed its name to Consignia and then within a year had changed its name back? Google. Google. I'll tell you what, Benjamin, we're going to take that as one answer. So Ben, go over there. He's saying, he's saying Google. Google changed its name to Consignia for a year. And um, Anybody? Another one? Another option? What it could be? Anybody? Uh, let's go for Google, something internet-y, something... Post office. Okay, we'll have uh, try Royal Mail down the middle. 
and then eBay on this side, okay? So Google, Royal Mail, eBay. Who changed their name to Consignia, Consignia and then gave it back? You're all going eBay? Dewi and Miriam, Dewi, you going Royal Mail? Dewi, you're right. Diane Boy, Dewi, it was Royal Mail. Take one. One chocolate, one chocolate. Diane. Okay. Oh, come on. Okay, this is one that I actually don't expect any grown-ups to get. Who used to be called Brad's Drink? Brad's Drink. Okay, clue, clue. It's a drink, and it was invented by a guy called Brad. Does anybody know what used to be called Brad's Drink? Oh, Charles. Uh, Caleb saying Coke. Charles? It was not Mountain Dew. Lilt. These all feel like names that may have developed. It was actually Pepsi. Pepsi. You were very close, so I'm going to give you a chocolate. One. No more. Thank you. Okay. One more, Caleb. Right. Here's the last one. I think this is fantastic. Which popular food chain used to be called Pete's Super Submarines? Had to change the name because people heard that on radio adverts and came in expecting to have pizza marines, as in fish pizzas, and were severely disappointed. Pete's Super Submarines. Anybody know? Johan? Subway! Eat fresh, young man. Have another one. Subway, eat fresh. Okay. You can take one more. Tell you what, there's plenty more chocolates. I'm going to ask you to come up again later on. You can go sit back. Grown-ups, do any of you... Okay, you can choose. This is uh, another one that I found on the internet when I was doing my research. Um, who used to be called Backrub? What a weird name, right? What a weird name. Who used to be called Backrub? It's an internet company. So again, I'm going to give you three options. Do you think it was Backrub is what Google used to be called? Backrub is what Amazon used to be called? Or Backrub is what Yahoo used to be called? Now, there's a reason I've chosen those three, because they've all changed their names since they were invented in the first place. Hands up who thinks it was Google. You're not all going to get a chocolate. Nobody thinks it was Google. Hands up who thinks it was Amazon. Okay, a few. Hands up who thinks it was Yahoo then, everybody else. You should all have raised your arm at least once. Okay, I can tell you that Yahoo used to be called something mad like Tim and John's Guide to the Internet. Not very catchy. I can tell you that Amazon used to be called Relentless.com, which they decided was, truthfully, a bit creepy, so they changed it to Amazon because it began with an A. It was Google that was called Backrub.com. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, the point is, a name change can be powerful. It can be purposeful. Um, and yet, in all of those instances, nothing substantively changed about those organizations, those companies. Pete, Brad, I beg your pardon, didn't change the recipe of his, his drink when he changed it. Subway didn't go from producing submarines to producing sandwiches. Everything stayed the same apart from the name. And as I've suggested, you know, there's already a church in Ammerford which today is changing its name. But as we come into the new year, you might have seen this slogan 
plastered across your internet feeds. New year, new you. The idea being you're not changing something, I say superficial, names are important, but something that doesn't change you substantively. The idea being that somehow your desires, your attitudes, um, your actions, all those kind of like real deep things are going to change if you make a change. That literally in the new year, you could become a new person. The things that you value and so on will change. I wonder, do you think either of those could and should apply to us as a church? Changing a name, I'm going to give you a clue. We're not doing that. Uh, there's enough of that with one church doing it. What about changing our purpose and our actions and our desires? Do you think that's something that's available to us as a church? For more than a decade, this is how we have articulated what we're about as a church. We exist to make and mature Christ followers. And the new year, new you mentality would suggest that actually, do you know what? We want to go back to the drawing board and we want to be about something else. We want to be um, trying to achieve something different. <clears throat> but when we think about where a mission statement like that, that's what it is for our church, comes from, we fast discover that it's not actually something we get to choose ourselves, is it? That's basically based around two great summations, two great summaries that have loomed large over the entire church over the centuries. Um, the golden rule, love the Lord your God with everything that you have and love others as yourself. And the golden commission or the great commission which is to go and make disciples of all nations. There has been research done amongst westernized churches, churches in the UK and the US and Canada and places like that. And essentially, they are the ideas, they are the actions, the purposes which dominate churches. Whether they express it like that or not, 99% of churches would say, yes, that's what we're about, is being people who live in this Christian way, loving God and loving one another, and we're about making disciples around the world. 99% um, of them won't state it like that, but 99% of them will say that is actually what we're about. And, and while it's a simple message, you scratch a little bit and it, it conveys quite a lot, doesn't it? Uh, I think that uh, mission statement conveys the fact that two things evangelism and discipleship, which we often think of as two separate practices, actually are part of one thing. That it's the same gospel, it's, this, it's making and maturing like as one act that we're about. Go and make disciples, bring people into God's kingdom and show them what it is and help them to live in that place. It also shows that as a church, we don't want people just to grab the name of Christ and apply it to themselves. We want people who are actually following Jesus, which means obeying Him, imitating His life, and so on. And in essence, that big picture, deep down desire, that attitude, that purpose cannot change for a church like ours because it is not our purpose to choose. That is the purpose we have been given. We cannot come into 2020 and say, do you know what? New year, new us. Now we're all going to be about blank. We have this. How we state it might change, and we're going to get to that. You might have guessed. Um, 
<clears throat> but we cannot choose for ourselves what we're about. If we're honest, I think, and if we look at something like that that's been our mission statement for more than a decade, and assess ourselves individually, assess ourselves corporately as a church family, um, could we say that we are satisfied with how we're doing that? I can honestly, hand on heart, say I'm thankful to God for the new birth that we have had in our church in the last year, in the last 10 years. I can honestly say, hand on heart, that I am thankful to God for the growth that I've seen in people's lives how Christians have understood God's grace through Jesus Christ in new ways, and that has begun to pour out through them into the lives of other people. And yet, I would say most of us would have to come to the conclusion that we are not satisfied with where we are. None of us would be daft enough, and I think that's the right word, daft, silly, stupid, to say, we have made and matured Christ followers, we have achieved our goal. So what needs to be done then? Um, I think last week, Wynne <clears throat> mentioned car parking. And I think he mentioned my car parking in negative terms. It's quite all right. If any of you have ever spoken to me about car parking, I'd have told you the exact same story that Wynne um, told. Um, but I was thinking, actually, this morning uh, about w- what I'm trying to get across and how it would apply in that situation. We all know that the point, the purpose of the lines in a car park is to show someone where they can park safely. You can't come along and decide, regardless of your skills, that actually I don't want it to be about parking within these lines. I just want it to be about parking where I feel comfortable. Or or, or I would just want to park at an angle that's going to make it easier for me to come out. The lines are there. The rules, unspoken as they may be, are you're supposed to come and you're supposed to park inside the space, inside the lines. And if you come, and Wynne was suggesting this last week, and your way of trying to get in those lines is not getting in the lines what you do. You can't change the rules. You can't just decide, well, that's what everybody else might be doing, but that is not what this space is about for me. You have to come and you have to think, well, how am I going to actually change and maneuver the car in there the right way? So the purpose stays the same, but perhaps the corner of the window that you went lined up with the wheel and how far you turn and how many times you go in and out, that's going to change. The methodology, if you like, or how you think about approaching that. And really, that's this morning what I'm going to say we can do as a church. As we think about new year, new us, or having a new name and what we can change and what we can't change, our mission cannot change. We have to be about loving God, loving one another, and making disciples. We have to continue to be about making and maturing Christ followers. We can't choose that. But we can choose how we think about it, how we talk about it, how we assess it, and how we press on and forward into it. This uh, decade, we want as a church to be speaking about, thinking about, knowing Jesus more, Oh, wrong way. And making Jesus more known. Can you see how that's essentially the same thing? Knowing Jesus more and making Jesus more known. It's simple, and yet it is deep and dense and complex. Let me just walk you through these two statements. The first one, knowing Jesus more. 
there are lots of ways, again, that you could try to articulate what it is to be a Christian, what it is to be somebody who follows Christ. Included in those lots of ways, surely has got to be someone who knows who Jesus is, someone who knows literally who he is, somebody who knows what Jesus has done, somebody who knows what that means for you. More than that, it means someone who is changed by that knowledge. In Titus chapter 1, Paul puts it like this, that his whole purpose in living, that he is an apostle so that he might further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Knowing Jesus isn't just an intellectual pursuit. James, Jesus' brother, had quite hard, strong words for people who just thought that the Christian life was to be lived in their brain, the accumulation of knowledge. He said, you believe that God is one? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. He wanted them to be changed by that knowledge, to live differently. And Paul articulates it there, and that's going to be the desire of us as we lead you as elders this year in 2020, that we would grow intellectually in our knowledge of Jesus. We would grow in our relationship with Jesus, but we would be transformed by that. Knowing Jesus more means that we look and live differently. Growth for someone who knows Jesus is tangible and visible. <clears throat> Statement two, making Jesus more known. Again, on the surface, it seems like a, a simple, simple statement, isn't it? That as we discover more about who Jesus is, as we discover more the extent to which who He is and what He has done affects and changes us, that we will want to spread that news, share that news with people around us, go and make disciples. But scratch a little, explore a little, and you'll see that that comes in two really distinct although united ways in the Scriptures, that we are called to be a people who live for Jesus and speak for Jesus. So often we think about making Jesus more known only by speaking Him out, but our lives speak volumes too. That's why Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 3, encourages the Christians in this way. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Do you see it there? that he's encouraging them to be ready with speech that is required in response to the hope-filled lives that they live. One author has put it that he's encouraging people to live questionable lives. Questionable lives. Now, we'd think about that, wouldn't we? we say, oh, questionable life. Oh, should you really be living like that? No, no. A questionable life is one that provokes interest in Jesus. Someone who sees how we live how we treat each other, how we treat widows and orphans and the poor and what have you that James picks up on, how we treat them. And the question is, why do you live like that? Why do you sacrifice in that way? Why do you abstain in this? Why do you uh, overflow and abound elsewhere? That to make Jesus more known, we need to live lives which provoke questions and have robust answers when it comes to explaining him. So, new year, new us, this is what we are going to be about as a church. We're going to be about knowing Jesus more and making Jesus more known. Not because 
it rhymes in a weird sense, but because that's what we've been called to. That is what God has instructed His people all around the world to do, to follow Jesus, to continue to explore Him, to continue to be changed by Him, and to continue to share Him by every means possible. hope that you found today's message useful and challenging and we want to take a moment to offer you some next steps that you can take right now. Why not get in touch with us via email at contact at amfordchurch.com if you have any follow-up questions or things that you'd like to discuss. If you want to know more about what's going on at Amford Church make sure to like us on Facebook and lastly check out our YouTube channel for video teaching in addition to our sermon podcasts. Thanks for listening.